joining him on his new book. And this is this has been really exciting because we've been talking about it for quite a while. And uh, once you show us the, the copy of the book, you just got you just got the brand new copies of it and developing your superpower meditations on mastery. And this is volume one. We're looking forward to seeing volume two coming out pretty soon. But you know, when I started talking to you about your book and thinking about it, each of these chapters that you're that you're talking to the students about and talking to us about as we read the book, it it re they really can turn into powers. Each each one of these things would turn a normal person into somebody special if they pay attention to the lessons that you're uh, that you're that you're bringing up. And, and can you talk a little bit more about that? What you mean by superpowers? And, and I, under, but what would you say to somebody when they say, Hey, you know, what do you mean by superpower when you're talking about each of these topics? Well, uh, before I answer that, Master Moody, let me first thank you for your help in, in, in publishing the book and you motivated me to, to, to write the book in the first place. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time. And, and like you said, we, we talked about it and you helped me uh, uh, get sparked to action on that. So, so thank you. And, and thanks, oh, I for having me today. thanks for having me today. And, and now to answer your question, you know, uh, when we were speaking about me wanting to write this book, um, you may remember that originally I, I had a lot of content and I was calling the whole thing Meditations on Mastery. And uh, you actually recommended to me that I split it into a couple books, which, which was a, a great advice. And so I said, when I sat down and I thought, how do I want to split my Meditations on Mastery? I ended up splitting them into... The, 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 what I consider the foundational attributes of becoming a black belt, the black belt leadership attributes um, that we kind of teach in our, in our basic program and into our black belt leadership program. And then I split it into the, the principles and lessons of, of black belt leadership. And um, so, so that's what volume two is. And volume one is like I said, kind of more the attributes that we develop in an individual on their way to becoming a black belt. So then when I did that, I sat down and I started, and I actually realized that they were superpowers, right? Like, and, and I say that for three reasons. Uh, number one, you know, superpowers are rare. And I think that, that one of the things that makes these black belt qualities unique uh, is that they're not, uh, they're not very, very common in society today. You know, you hear people sit around complaining about, you know, the lack of focus, the lack of respect, all of these things. And generally they'll be speaking about another generation or something, right? But they're complaining about this stuff. And it is true that these things are rare. The second thing about a superpower is that they allow the, the, the superhero to accomplish superhuman feats, right? And I believe that of all of these attributes. And, and then the final thing is that a superhero generally uses their powers for the good of others. And I believe that that's, that's a big piece of, of, of what makes these things into superpowers. I th yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Rarity, un that it's unusual, that, it's, uh, that it allows them to do things that other people can't do, and that they're good, and that they end up being positive, positive things for the rest of people around them, and for themselves, I think, as well. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's a really good definition of something that would be a superpower. And I think if you looked at any movies or all the famous movies around that, they, they seem like magical powers. And I think in some ways these come across that way when people, you think of people as, as almost like magical when they're showing one of the focus, when somebody has a, a really good focus or really good respect, it's like, wow, that person, amazing that person somebody i really 
want to be like. And, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's special. It makes it really special. Um, so that's a really good definition. That's a, a kind of a spectacular definition of when somebody is, uh, is putting those, putting these pieces together. And maybe when they put all these pieces together, it, it turns into something new. Can you talk a little bit about them individually? Like, uh, I think the one here, let me look in your book here. The first one is one of the foundation superpowers of focus. And what is that, is that for you and for your students in your school? Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, well, well, focus, you know, for, in fact, for years, even before I had coined the idea of the super foundational superpowers, I always called focus the superpower because I think focus is necessary to even possibly achieve all the rest. You know, because focus is the ability to block out distractions and concentrate on what's important. And that's what we teach our students at a very kind of like surface level. And then I teach that beyond that, you know, focus is a superpower because it really does accomplish magical things, as you alluded to. Uh, you know, there, there's the kind, like I said, there's the simple focus that Johnny's just paying attention in class. And that in and of itself is valuable. And let's face it, even when we're talking about that real basic level of focus, we live in a more distracted society today than we ever had to deal with coming up. Think about it. The, the, the kids that we train in our schools, are, you know, have so many challenges that didn't even exist in our time. So that, so that in and of itself is a superpower. But beyond that, I believe we get more of what we focus on. So teaching people how to have a positive focus and to focus on the things that they want instead of the things that they don't want. want. You know, like, like as we get into the deepest levels of, of focus, I believe that we actually create our, our reality based on our focus. Well, or, or it sounds like also I'm hearing in that that getting focusing on things that you want and not allowing the rest of the world to drive what your focus is. Because I, I find people are focusing on the phone ringing or the text coming in or the, the Instagram message or the whatever, 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 whatever. And, you know, as time goes on, it seems like the number of things that distract us, as you said, the, number, the focus on what you want instead of the distractions, the quantity of things that distract us and the more ways we can get distracted keep increasing. That's not just for kids. That's for us as adults as well, you know, I've got a, an Apple watch and, a, and an iPhone and an iPad and, and lots of other ways to get distracted and to pare those down or to be able to control and be disciplined enough. To, you got the Apple watch too, to be disciplined enough to be um, focused and, and stay on track with the things that I want and stay on track with the accomplishments that I want to get and not let these other things distract us. Um, you know, and I find that people are mad if, if they don't get their text message responded to in, you know, two minutes and, and, and staying focused throughout that. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. That, that's definitely a big part of it. And there's so, there's so, you know, there's so many different illustrations of it, right? Like, like there's a, uh, uh, I was just explaining to somebody today, you know, that, that, that wanted me to participate in something that, you know, I, I would have done in the past. And, and, and I was like, you know, I, look, I would love to help you. And, it, but it's just that, that, you know, that would take away focus from what's important to me at this time. And, and uh, it's really, it, you know, focus really, really fits the definition when we call it the superpower, because, you know, that's, it's rare, <laughs> it's rarer than ever. Um, it, it, you, anyone who has accomplished anything great has mastered focus, right? Like, you know, the, the, when you look at the success literature and, you know, anybody who's been successful in business or any other thing, they have 
mastered the ability of knowing what to say yes to, what to say no to, and how to actually apply their their concentration, their mental focus to a specific project in a specific direction and go for a specific time. Yeah, I, I think it, it it comes out of martial arts, what you do and what I do, and, and that there's focus on getting their black belt, which is a long time. It takes a long time to do that. Or, and and we get them to do that for if they're young or if they're uh, or you know maybe sometimes it's even harder if somebody's old um, older that to to be able to concentrate on doing something for many years um, and to to shoot for big goals and big accomplishments that's uh, that's how they get great things like you said that is unique and that is rare and they do end up doing great things that are positive in their life yes sir. If they allow the distractions to get, if I'm hearing you right, if they allow distractions to get in their way, they'll never get great things. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And and look, we we you know our our life is an evolution of learning. So there were periods in my life where I was absolutely guilty of that, right? Like early on, where where I was a great starter and not a great finisher, and I and, and I was you know because I was always doing too many things instead of focusing on the few things. And uh, and I and yes, I think and I love that you brought up that that's a big part of what we are teaching people to do in the martial arts, right? Like, like in the way that we're actually directly teaching focus, but yes, also in the way that, you know, when a student comes in and sits that go, you know, in my school it's six, six years to get to a second degree black belt, black belt leader. And, you know, that's, that's quite an accomplishment, but the students that, 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 that are able to focus on the goal and keep moving in the direction of the goals, get it. And then of course, the power, the true powers that they can then duplicate that process in any area of their life for success in any area of their life. Yeah, and I think that that we were talking about martial arts, but I think that also applies to if somebody reads this book and they're a manager at uh, you know in a in a company or the CEO of a company that applies just as much in trying to get their employees to to focus or what are the what are the characteristics and you go through it a lot in your book or what are the pieces that they need to do so that they can have focus. It's not just telling everybody, hey, you guys better stay focused, right. but you go through in detail what those characteristics are. And along the lines of being focused, we need to stay focused because I do want to get through each of the different, uh, a little bit of a summary of what each of these pieces are um, and make sure we do this within the time frame we have today. Um, uh, because we could, we could spend, I mean, we could spend a whole hour just on just on focus. Absolutely. And we could have a whole book and that, that might be one of your next books is maybe a whole book on each one of these superpowers. Cause I think it would, it would be worth it having a whole book on each of these. Uh, the, the second thing that you had as one of the foundational superpowers was respect. Yes, sir. And how does that fit in with focus and in another, another key point in, in your uh, philosophy here? Well, you know, I, so I put respect again, it, it, that one really, really resonated with me because again, it's missing, right? Like, like if, especially, it, it, you know, it, when we were, when we were young, respect was a value in the culture and the community that was taught to us, you know, that, that you know, by our parents and by our, our teachers and by, right. Um, and, you know, certainly not in the way because I, I hate it when people sit around and and, and start bad mouthing the current generation. I think that you can look at our in our schools and realize that there's a lot of great leaders, young leaders, and future leaders coming up, and lots of great young people. But it is not a commonality in society today to hear people treating with each other with respect, with the language of respect, or 
treating each other with respect. It's not, it's not common, once again. And the reason why I think that respect can really be a superpower for, again, as you said, for all people, uh, but, you know, I think the reason we always end up talking about kids is, is two reasons. I said this to one of my classes the other day, and I know I just got off subject for a second, but, but I, it's, it's relevant to this, right? Is number one, because if we can raise up a child in the way they should go, right? If we can teach them now, right? Then all those things where you say, I wish I had known this when, we can help somebody else do that. That's number one. And the second reason is this, when you, when you, when you teach this stuff to an adult, you want, you, you feel like you want to be careful not to be condescending to that adult, right? Like, cause they're like, Hey, I know, you know, this, but man, and with a kid, you know, so you can, you can teach them through their kids sometimes, right? Because we all need to be reminded, but we, like, like you and I actually have a very respectful relationship. We always speak to each other say yes, sir, no, sir. And, you know, use language respect, everything we teach our students, we do as adults. Uh, but if we can teach our kids this from the beginning, like we do in our schools, then they they grow up with this habit and this habit is powerful, right? Because of course, of course, you know, when if somebody walks into my dojo, you know, let's say we're responding to, I have an, an ad right now for, I need, need a program director, right? Obviously somebody comes in and has this power of respect already, they have a much better chance than if they do not. Well, and I think that if somebody's showing respect, it's powerful for them. It's not, I think the misconception is, is if people show respect, that it's so they're nice to that person. And mm. I always think about it when I see my son, who I brought up saying yes, sir, and yes, ma'am to people. And when he goes up to the counter at a, at a retail store, and he says, uh, thank you, sir, thank you, or he, he shows respect to people that they treat him better. It, it, it ends up being, it, it's the other way around, I think, in, in people's minds. When I, when I say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, and I say, and I treat somebody with respect, and I'm, uh, you know, I see trash on the floor at a store, and I pick it up and throw it away, or I do something of that nature, other people notice that in me, and they are nicer to me. So I get a benefit from that. It's not that, you know, and sure, some people don't. Some people don't pay attention. They don't care. But I think in general, I get benefits from that. I get benefits from being respectful externally. Um, so if, if I'm only being selfish, <laughs> I get benefits from being respectful externally. Um, from everybody, no. But from a lot of people, yes. And so that benefits me. So I think it's a mistake to think that, um, that we... we that it's only for positive benefit to the world. It's also for positive benefit to us. The other thing you said in your book was that it starts with a healthy sense of self-esteem. If people are, I, I think that's really important. Can you mention something about that of how it relates to self-esteem? Well, yes, sir. I, I uh, first of all, I appreciate you bringing that up. And, and uh, but I, I think, so because it begins with respecting ourselves, right? Like, which we also teach at our dojo. Right. Like even on our creeds and such right from the beginning about about, you know, doing things that are good for us mentally and physically. And uh, and I also mean when I when I talk about self-esteem, esteem, the way that we speak to ourselves, unfortunately, many, many people speak to themselves in an even more disrespectful fashion than they would ever think about speaking to anyone else. They tell themselves yeah. all the things that they can't do. They're always putting themselves down. And, 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 and hey, we know, of course, that unfortunately some of this stuff was created in childhood or whatever, right? But the, but the important thing is that we learn to respect ourselves 
And then it's easier to respect others anyway, because we can only give away that which we have, right? Uh, the other thing I would say really quickly before, before passing it back to you is, you know, when, when you were talking about the magical language of respect, where when I give respect, I get respect. To me, yet another manifestation of what, like we said with focus, right? We get more of what we're looking for. And, and you said not everybody, you said not everybody will treat me better because I respect. Absolutely. But all the right people will, right? Like yeah, you attract true. the right people. You attract the right people when, when you're behaving in a certain way. And part of that is this power of, of respect. That's a good point. That's a really, really good point that that's, you end up, you end up filtering uh, kind of a group of people that might be ones that are good mentors, good people to uh, that pay attention to you in a certain way. It's not that there's wrong people and we're not saying that. I don't think either of us are saying that. It's just that, uh, you know, hanging around with people that are positive influences in your life helps you become uh, a more positive influence. And, you know, frankly, I want to hang around with people that are better than me. Um, that's why I like hanging around with you. I like hanging around with other people in my life that accomplish more than me because then that drives me to want to accomplish more. And that's, that's something that's a, a, a skill that we always want to have. The, my favorite one, my favorite one of your uh, superpowers is the next one, which is discipline. Uh, and, and I think that's a, gets a, a little bit of a uh, kind of a misconception of what discipline means. Uh, and you know, I think people think that's uh uh, you know, just toughing things out and, 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 and being, being, you know, strong and kind of disregarding everything else around you. And how would you describe discipline as one of the superpowers? Well, first of all, I always teach that, that discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment, which, you know, it's not original. I got it from somebody, I think it was maybe Maxwell. Um, but I've been teaching it for, for so, so long that <laughs> it's a, okay, we can have you own it. You wrote <laughs> yes, it down. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, it's such a great definition. It's such a great definition because so many people, uh, set goals and say that they want things and, and, and let's be, and for all of us, I don't mean to say so many people for all of us at times, you know, um, the thing that keeps us from actually getting the thing we say we want is having the discipline to execute on the plan that we that we create, right? It's it's the execution gap, and, and you know the the um, yes, there is a little bit of an element of that you said, right? Because sometimes it's tough, right? I have a martial arts and uh, a leadership and martial arts training camp going on out there, and there's you know twenty people, many of them are kids, but there's even some adults, and they're all they're all working hard, and this is where we're fitting three months of of training into two weeks, right? So of course they're training hard, and I just walked out there a little while ago, and I. And I could see that some of them were already losing it, right? And I, so I had them take a knee and I talked to them about it. I said, look, guys, this is about the time where your body is tired. Your mind is wandering. I said, and since they've been up here, who's teaching you, you know, you, you, when you look at him, would you like to be like, and of course everybody would, right? I said, the reason why Sensei Ben is the way that he is today is because of all the times he's done what you're doing right now, right? So discipline is, is just having discipline, a, a big piece of discipline is having a way to, to, to stick to the goals that you set once the emotions in which you set the goal are gone from you, right? So the excitement has, has worn off, everything's worn, and now you have to have the discipline to just, your why has to be big enough to stick to the goals. And, and that's a big part of, uh, uh, I think, of answering the question. Yeah, I think Jim Rohn, another person I like 
listening to he says that though it's about the why it's about the why and making sure that you're clear about that and then it becomes important why do i want to get my black belt or why do i want to get my college degree or why do i want to get the next job or why do i want to accomplish lose 20 pounds or why do i want to do something and then that becomes my discipline for when it's really hard Yes, sir. You know, is doing stuff when it's really hard. And I think you outlined that really, really well in the in the book and what that what that means. You know, those guys in your room over there want to accomplish a lot. They want to accomplish, make it through the two weeks so they get to their next rank or whatever the accomplishment is they're trying to do. So they're willing to suffer during that time. And, you know, to get great stuff, sometimes we have to suffer, but there needs to be a reason to balance it out. So, yeah, thanks for describing that. That's to me, that's one of my favorite ones, because. Uh, all, all the superpowers you're outlining are about accomplishing really great things in their life, really s- special things, which is why that's super. Yes. And unfortunately, it is rare. Uh, I think you're, you're really, uh, it's brilliant what you're saying because it is rare. It is unfortunate that it's rare, but if people pay attention to what, you're, what you wrote and read your book, then they're going to see how they, can, how they can do these rare things. So- if everybody bought it, then maybe it wouldn't be rare again. But you know, you know it's, it, it's interesting you say that. And thank you very much. It, the uh, the other day, somebody was in another one of our classes. This is an all adult class, and somebody was bringing up something that was going on in our world today. And you know, I let him entertain it for a second, and I said, you know, there may be a lot of things going on in the world around us that we don't like, but we can choose to focus on those things that we don't like, or we can choose to be creating the solution today. And I really believe that, you know, like what you said, that today we're creating tomorrow's leaders. So if we don't like something, then it's really about what we, you know, there's a lagging effect in leadership, right? Like we want to change something. We have to, we have to change it today for a result tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and discipline's that way too. Yes. You know, the result you have is the benefit you get. The payoff is later. That's great. The payoff is later. You never get the payoff now in most cases. And that's why discipline exists because your payoff is later. I I think that those two things fit together. I think that's great. The the next superpower is confidence. And, and uh, that one's, that one's one that I think people have to build up and, and you, you really outline how to build that up well in your book. Can you give us a little bit more on that? And I'll let you talk about that because I think you outline it really well in the, in, in the book. And, and I think, let me say one more thing about, about your book is that when people read this, it gives them a really good to-do list and a really good uh, uh, idea of what to do next, whether they're in your martial arts school or whether they're a doctor or lawyer or an engineer or something else in the rest of their life or a student in school. So, so these things apply to everybody in their day-to-day life, not, you know, in the context, we're talking a little bit of martial arts, but it doesn't need to be that way, but go ahead. How does, how does confidence fit in? Yeah. Well, well, you know, first of all, Henry Ford said, whether you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. And, And I believe that to be strong and true. And, but having said that, you know, just, like so many things, having a cute, a cute saying about it doesn't help, right? So, so I think I think that some of what I attempted to do in the book is what I definitely do uh, in the dojo, and we do, we all do, you know, the, that are good. <laughs> the um, the I think that there's there's the confidence 
confidence I wanted to speak to both from the perspective of myself as a father, myself as a teacher, and myself as an individual. And here's what I mean is that is that when we're when we're when we're speaking for ourselves, there's ways that we develop our own confidence. But in the book, I also talk a lot about the way we do it in our children, right? Like whether we are a parent or or, or, or a teacher, because that's so important, right? It really does start young. And, and, and we really can play a big part in how we develop confidence in the youth. And I think that, uh, you know, that there's, I talk in there about the difference between confidence and self-esteem, right? Like I talk, talk about the fact that there are the things that we can do that can help a child with their self-worth, with their self-esteem and feeling like that, that they're worthy of something. But that's not the same as actually teaching them how to accomplish things and how to create victories that then develop true confidence, the confidence that comes from accomplishment, which, of course, that is also the type that we need to do for ourselves. Yeah, I love it that you're saying it that way, because I think a lot of times there's this idea in psychology. And from my background, I think about that a lot where people are... there's this misconception that people develop confidence because somebody's telling them that they're good or telling them that they're confident. And there is some idea that you should be telling your kids or telling yourself that you're good. I'm not saying that positive self-talk isn't a good thing, but to do that in lieu of them actually being good at something and accomplishing stuff, you know, I mean, if you suck at something, and you say you don't suck, you know, if, you, if you're really bad at math and somebody's coming along saying you're good at math, you're good at math, you're good at math, and you know you're bad at math, right. your confidence isn't going to be any better Correct. at math. It's not going to help you be good at math. Right. You're going to, the way you get more confidence is to be good at math or to, you know, be understanding of where you are. And I, I, I think that it's a big misconception that those two things have to be somewhat connected, that your abilities are connected to what you, uh, you what you just said is that your accomplishments and be proud of the accomplishments you do have. Some people are C students when they can be proud of the accomplishments they do have in the areas that they're C students and the areas they're A students. And we should be helping people be proud of the comp- of what they can do and then help them do better and right. have positive self-esteem about those things and positive confidence about those things. I think what you're saying is right on track. I, I love what you're saying. And, I think there's a lot of confusion about about the, that, though. So you you say that really, really well. Thank you. Yeah, I agree 100% with what you just said. And, and and you know, I think I think one step further on that confusion, I think there's two extremes, right? I think I think there's the extreme. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say which because it doesn't matter. There's 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 an extreme in which people believe that you can build somebody's confidence, like you said, just through lots of praise. And the problem, of course, is that you, your subconscious eventually realizes it's a lie, right? right. So, uh, but then there's the other extreme that is really kind of an overreaction to that extreme, where people today are like, because of the fact that, that yes, we made the mistake of giving everybody a trophy in our generation, right? So now there's the other extreme that thinks that, that there isn't a place for that. And, and here's what I think to be very clear what I'm talking about. I think that like, like, you know, I teach Krav Maga and in the Krav Maga, I teach a lot about the timeline in a self-defense situation. Well, I believe in confidence. There's a timeline too. And I know you, by the way, I know you believe the same way because you're a great teacher and, and we do this with our students. The, what I'm saying is 
when that white belt walks in, if he has very low self-esteem, very low confidence, there is going to be a big deal, a, a lot of me giving praise almost even before it's due. Like we call it, you know, giving a gift or to build them up. But I won't give them false praise. What I do, what I teach my students to do, I mean, my, my student instructors to do, my sensei, is I teach them to be a good finder. That is find something that the student is doing that is praiseworthy, whatever it is, even if it's only effort at the beginning. But we are going to give praise because we are going to develop the students, a little bit of the students' confidence in themselves through those small accomplishments that we praise them on and their trust in the instructor. And then along the way- it's pra- sorry to interrupt you, but it's praise, but it's not a lie. Correct. It's not a lie. It's Correct. accurate praise. It's affirmations of accurate stuff. It's just that when they're a white belt, you got to be finding stuff. As you said, I think the finding concept is really good. Exactly. Right. And then, of course, we challenge them more and we challenge them more. And, and that's the point is that the, the accomplishments get a little bigger and a little bigger and a little bigger. But at each step, the student is learning more about how to do that and developing more confidence in their own abilities and even more confidence just in their ability to do it, to, to, to take on new challenges and that they that they have in it in, in them to win. Absolutely. Ultimately, ultimately, isn't it true that, that the black belt is an analogy to winning in life and like to going out there and learning how to do this thing? Absolutely. I, I love what you're saying. That That's very consistent with everything you're said, said in the book. So I, I think, again, as people read the book, they're going to get more detail about this, but that's a good, really good summary. The, the next concept we, we should move on. I got to move on to keep yes. us moving before we run out of time. Because again, each of these things, I think, um, I think that uh, we, we could do a whole hour on that and you could do a whole book on each of these. I, the confidence one by itself is, is worth, is worth a book on how to, how to uh, build confidence and, and work on uh, people's self-esteem and, and, and how they develop it for themselves and how an instructor might teach it. Both of those two could be a book. Um, tell me more about gratitude and how that fits in, because that one's a little bit different than what people usually talk about for uh, building themselves. Yes, sir. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, in truth, I almost missed it. And what I mean is this, I was writing the chapter on vision. And of course, vision is, is about where we want to go. And I, and I recognized, you know, something that I really already knew, but I remembered that it's very, very difficult to operate on vision without gratitude. Because as we started in this conversation, we get more of what we focus on. So vision is about where we want to go. But if you think about it, that already denotes that we're not where we want to be, right? Or at least connotes that we're not where we want to be. So, so, so I, what I believe is that you have to have gratitude for all the blessings you already have, for all the accomplishments you already have, for everything that's going right in order to then ask for more in order to then be going to the well of vision and say okay i'm grateful for this and i'm and and, and i'm going to there i'm going to do that that makes sense that makes sense that that there's some value in um appreciation of where i'm at so that so that it gives you room and space to appreciate more correct correct you okay know, Yes. Well, well, and then, then how does vision tie into that? So it seems like there's some relationship there um, that I appreciate where I'm at. So then how does vision tie in? Cause that was the last 
superpower that you had and creating a vision for the future. And I think vision kind of ties into discipline. Well, really all of them, because you have to have, in some ways, these are all interrelated that if I have a big vision for where I want to go, that's what gives me ability to focus on something. That's what gives me the discipline to have the why of what I want, where I want to get to my vision. But so how do, how do you make all these fit together? Well, so I'm so glad you, you brought that up because, you know, I actually, uh, I actually believe, and I mentioned a couple times too in the book that, that they are all interdependent, right? Like they, you need all of them. You need all of them to be successful in any of them, right? Like they're inter, the six foundational superpowers are interdependent and, um, you know, they, they work together. They almost kind of even grow at the same time, even though there's a sequential order in some of this too. So, and, and, and the thing about vision is this, the, the thing about vision is that gratitude and vision is that it's about being happy, not satisfied, right? It's about, I want to be happy and appreciative of everything I've accomplished so far of all the blessings in my life but I don't want to get to a place where I'm satisfied with what I've done and where I am in life, because that then creates a condition of complacency, right? Uh, one of my mentors once taught me that you should never accomplish a goal without having set the next goal, because then you get there and you're like, okay, now what? Right. And of course there's all kinds of great stories about it. I, I can't even remember which book, but the one with the, with the astronaut, right. Goes to the moon. And now all of a sudden he's like, sure. now what, <laughs> what do I do now? Right. Like, and you know, so, so I think, you know, and, and in our school, of course, there we're so good at it in the martial arts, right? Because you have somebody coming in, you set their goal for black belt, but we used to make the mistake of only talking about black belt. And you and I know that we we only became great students at black belt, right? Like that's really when it all begins. Yeah, yeah. Now we leapfrog those things as we want to make sure that we set our goal for second degree black belt. And 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 I would I would give people that advice in their either going to college. And a lot of times we set that the goal for a college degree. And I always talk to my students and my son about what job do you want after you graduate? Because otherwise the degree doesn't matter. Absolutely. Um, it, it's, a, it's a strange, it always seemed like a strange thing. I mean, I got my PhD, but I, it always seems like a strange thing, college degrees. Why would you get a college degree? Well, it's so that you can do something. And then what's that going to mean? Maybe that means a master's degree in something. Maybe that means you're going to do that and then do some other work while you're getting your college degree. Maybe you don't need a college degree. I, I don't know what it really means. It should mean something. And then there should be something on top of that. Cause you're not going to, you know, your life isn't over once you get your black belt or once you get your college degree, or once you get, once you become the CEO of a company, um, what, what happens then? And, and I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's important to have the, it, in, a, in the ideal, ideally the vision is something bigger than just those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, go ahead. Yeah, I, think, I think it's where the vision and, and goal setting, you know, like, like the terms, we use the term goal setting more often, right? And, and goal setting is certainly one element of vision, but I think vision is more than that, right? And you alluded to it just now. I think, you know, the goal setting is about what's, what's important next, what's the next thing I'm going to accomplish. But the vision is about what is it going to look like when it's done, right? Or, you know, and even I, I'm, I'm even uncomfortable saying when it's done because it's never done, right? Right? But it's but it's about you know what are the things that are actually going to be important to me? You know, Stephen Covey talks about how you can be climbing the ladder, get to the top, and realize that you were leaning against the wrong wall, right? You know, and and so I think vision, a big piece of vision is that where we actually begin with the end of mind, 
and we and we look at you know at least some degree in the future right right like short middle long term like like there's time certainly at our stage in life we're even looking to to what it's going to be like honestly in those retired years and all of that right not that you and i will ever stop working right but <laughs> but you yeah. know what's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but but uh you know if we're talking to a younger person, then it, like, I think that it's real practical to have them looking six years in advance like we do with our Blackboard Leadership programs, right? Because, because that's a, an enough time to accomplish something great, right? And to understand that you are actually moving in the direction so that you can then backwards plan from the vision and create the goals and the plans for the execution that you're going to apply the focus and discipline to. But, but you got to know, you know, where there's no vision, the people perish because they do not know where they are going. They have to know what the end state looks yeah. like. Yeah, and if I, if I diverge a little bit for a parent that's reading the book, um, for the parent of a child that's reading a book, or even a student that, or a, a, you know, somebody that's in, outside of martial arts that reads the book, which they should, and that you have kids, it, I feel one of my values is, is that if you're a parent and you're reading a book, that it's your job to come up with visions for your kids. Mm. And, and sometimes there's resistance in two ways, I find, is that the... A parent who um, who they say, well, I've got to let my kid decide. Well, yeah, when they're 18, they can decide. Mm. And and will a child make a change or will an adult, as you have an, if you're an adult and you have a 10-year vision for what your life's going to look like, might that change? Sometimes I hear resistance. Well, yeah, but I might change. So I really don't want to lock myself down. It doesn't matter if you so-called lock yourself down and start working towards a goal. That's what gives you what in your, in your model here is some discipline and some focus for doing something and accomplishing things. And if in that, you know, 10 year vision, if five years down the road, you shift it to something else, what's the harm in having accomplished some great things? And then you move it to something else. I mean, we all know people who wanted to be maybe a doctor and, you know, halfway through their process to become a doctor changes something else. Well, you know, they got a college degree and they learned all about molecular biology and they learned about things and now they're something else. Well, that wasn't wasted time. That was great knowledge that they had. I wanted to be an engineer. I became an engineer. I worked for NASA. I did all kinds of other stuff. And now I'm in martial arts and now I'm in helping people with their businesses and doing a lot of other things. Now, all of those things built uh, skills and values and knowledge that I have. So for people, if you say, well, I don't want to have a vision or I don't want to do something looking forward for myself or for my kid, well, then what? Then I guess you're going to sit around and wait and not accomplish stuff. And you're just going to kind of wait around. And I think Jim Rome has a great quote. Uh, I, I'll, I'll mess up the paraphrase of it, but you need to design your life. And if you don't have a design for your life, you'll wait for other people to have a design for your life. And what's their design? Not much. Yeah. Yes, sir. There, other people don't have a, you're going to go by other people's plans and their plan for you is not much. And so I think your plan in your book to kind of wrap up is great for people. I, I think everybody should be buying this and, and getting my copies, my copies in the mail because it just got released. Yeah. Um, I've got the, the pre-copy here in front of me, but uh, my, my final copies in the mail because uh, it just got released. I think everybody should be getting a copy of the book and uh, having it for themselves. And if they're a martial artist, they should have it. If they're not a martial artist, they should get it. If they're a parent, they should get it and read it for their kids. 
Um, any any last things to say, sir, before we wrap up? I, I would like to add just one one thing, and, it, and it's going to take off from yours. Plus, it's the seventh chapter of the book. So that, because the first six chapters are dedicated to the foundational superpowers we talked about. And where this is very relevant to what you just said is because in the seventh chapter, what I talk about is everybody discovering their own unique superpowers that they were given for their own unique calling. And there, because I believe that everybody has unique superpowers, like, like mine is, is certainly doing what it is that I do. I have certain gifts that, that I was gifted to do what I do in my, in my dojo. And other people have other ones, right? You know, but certainly there's a process of discovery that happens on the way to discovering that. And, and like you said, well, like you said, like all that time wasn't wasted. Da, da, da. Like, because when you're working, if, if, they're my, if they're in our schools and they're working on the black belt foundational superpowers, once they discover what their own is, all of them need the, the foundational superpowers, right? Like it, it builds the foundation for what we are actually called to do in our life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, sir. Yeah, you're right. Well, and that's, that's a good wrap up because you do have some unique things for each individual person. Well, I'm looking forward also to your next book. Um, oh, and, and, and that should be coming hopefully what in 90 days, 120 days, we're going to get that thing done. We'll put some pressure on you to get that done. Yeah. We want to <laughs> yes, sir. How these two things fit together and the book after that, I think. Um, well, okay. Well, good. Well, let's wrap up today. Thank you very much. Again, everybody, you can find your uh, Stephen Del Castillo book on Amazon. Show us the book again. Um, show us the book again, sir. Uh, Meditations on Mastery, Developing Your Superpower, Meditations on Mastery, Volume 1. Again, you can find it on uh, Amazon, and uh, we will. Uh, you can get it in hardcover or Kindle, so or paperback and Kindle. And uh, I, I like the hardcover or the paperback version so you can have it in your hands. So that's what I recommend for everybody, but you can certainly get it in ebook format. And uh, it was great talking to you today, sir. And uh, we look forward to the next time we get to talk. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Okay, stopped recording on my end. Now stopped recording on your end. <laughs> Except you're going to have to... You're going to have to cut out the part that says stop recording because we're